please let your voice be heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. You stole my intro. The Voice of Harlem. What were you going to sing? You saw me mid-dab and you (laughs) you jumped to my intro. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. (laughs) I will not be petty, guys. We are definitely back. If you just tuned in, we had a great conversation about the United Kingdom's exit from the EU or as we call it, the Brexit exit. Even though Brexit exit is kind of redundant because... Only you call it Brexit exit. You call it Brexit exit. It's called Brexit. You know what? No one's talking to you, Selena. I think you are talking to me. Don't even turn your mic off. As you can tell, I'm here with Selena Hill, who's a hater and haters are always going to hate. And we are also here with Sarah, mother love in Harvard, hey. holding it down on <laughs> PC threes and fours because I got the ones and twos. I'm bringing down the white fragility, you know <laughs> yes. what I'm saying? Word. All day, and she does that at Mike too, guys. So check yeah. out her writings at Mike.com. And in case the Mike lawyers are listening, Sarah has not said anything crazy, and also anything that I say is not endorsed by Sarah, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is the time where we're going to share some of our favorite and not so favorite news stories um, during the news roundup, and I wanted to say like. Today here in New York City is the New York City Gay Pride Parade. Um, so, you know, Alyssa's not here, but she usually takes off this weekend so that she can go to um, the LGBT Gay Pride Parade. Um, and in light of what happened in Orlando, what I'm hearing is there's heavy security at this parade here in New York City. Um, we just don't want any incidents. We don't want any, like, copycat killers trying to do what happened at that that queer lgbt um people look like uh, the pulse uh, nightclub which was queer lgbt and we also know a lot of people of color were there that night so we definitely don't want that to happen but on a positive note president obama actually declared the stonewall ill at stonewall <laughs> in, uh, in my fault it's so ill though you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> basically so it's now a, na- a national monument and the first one too of um an lgb it's the first lgbt national monument so that's Pretty positive. Didn't you talk about a bar that you went to in Harlem now? That's Oh, um, yeah, I did. Yes. The grand opening of Abley, I believe was the name of it. The name. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so there's now um, the first LGBT-friendly lounge in Harlem. Openly friendly lounge oh, so in like Harlem. Bar. Yeah, but from my understanding, there weren't any others in Harlem that were open. Like, like other yeah, lounges yeah. would have gay night, and then other people yeah, knew so that. a gay bar. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've been to a couple of gay bars. They're a lot of fun. I always get a lot of drinks bought for me. Um, mm-hmm. Last time I went to the Stonewall, this guy bought me six drinks, and after every drink, he go, "Are you still straight?" Oh my god! Like, yup. Oh my god! Yes, I Even am, after sir. six drinks, still? Wow. Well, yeah. What? No, I meant. <laughs> You know, sexuality doesn't change with drinks, right? Uh, you know, there was a test uh, or like a study recently that said like no one's actually 100% straight. Yeah, I, I think I had yeah. seen that yeah, report. I, mean, I look at Kim Kardashian and I, I think that <laughs> the study is true in that, <laughs> in that regard. But. Oh, my God. But yeah. yeah. So, guys, I do have a news story I want to share with you. So I forgot the name of this young lady, but she is my Negro hero for the week. And she was a young lady who just graduated from high school with a 4.0 GPA. But here is the kicker. She was homeless. And she graduated from high school in two years. Wow. And how do I know about this? Because Miss Deborah, one of our favorite callers, called in this morning wow. and made sure that I shared this story, especially when you got Becky with the bad grades out here in Texas <laughs> getting mad because she couldn't get into school. But this young lady was not only able to graduate with a 4.0, but to do it in two years and to do it while she was homeless, going through homeless shelters. Mm. And she said when I first moved there, it was hard because, you know what, um, I, I was so used to having my own space, but I had to do what I had to do for my mother. And I want to go to college and get a degree and get a good job so I can take care of my family. 
black excellence to the fullest. You know what? What I've seen a lot of times, you know, these traumas and tribulations that we go through actually pushes us to live our full potential. So I just want to say, like, that story just gives me so much hope. No matter what obstacles or challenges you may be going through, sometimes you need that extra kicker to get you where you're supposed to be in life. So congratulations to that young lady. Especially, like, you know, considering about the trauma that a lot of people of color go through, especially in, like, homeless shelters. Yeah. Issues of, like, sexual violence, right? Yeah. We talk about affirmative action, but I'm actually, and I think it's incredibly important, we do need it. But interested in, you know, seeing affirmative action in case of women and, and men who are victims of sexual violence, um, especially during in the college years. But that's just my thought. <laughs> no, 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 that's true. We have a caller who's always calling in to talk about sexual violence against men, and he is very adamant about that. Even <laughs> when we're talking about hot chocolate, he's calling in about that. Oh, so. my God. Right. No, but I do want to switch gears a bit because uh, last week we had the big Democratic sit-in, the no-bill, no-break uh, sit-in that was led by Congressman John Lewis, who we all know is a civil rights hero. That sit-in was trash. And well, accidentally, before we, before mm-hmm. you guys bash the sit-in, because I know Sarah is, is, yeah. is against it as well, and so is Stanley. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, what they were doing was they were saying, we need to push for some type of gun control legislation in light of the Orlando massacre. Um, it's, because we need to keep people safe, right? And they did have some legislation on the table. It was pretty moderate. It's something that I think that uh, Republicans could have agreed to, but they refused because they always refuse not to take any action and light when it comes to um, gun rights. Instead, they voted on a bill that would fund Zika and defund Planned Parenthood. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. But I know Sarah was in particularly against this bill. Why is that? Yeah, so, you know, I'm speaking here clearly as a Muslim woman of color, um, and... The way I see this bill, the bill actually really doesn't do much to end gun violence. Let's look at the case, right? Dylan Roof was not on the no-fly list. Jared Lawner, not on a no-fly list. Elia Rogers, not on the no-fly list. Adam Lanza, um, uh, um, yeah, so like Adam Lanza. So, and even the San Bernardino shooters were even on the no-fly list. Uh, in the case of Omar Mateen, he was on the no-fly list previously, but bought the guns when he was taken off of it. Uh, and the reason why I'm against this, this bill is actually, um, the no-fly list and the terrorism watch list are systematically created to uh, alienate, isolate, and criminalize Muslims or people of, who have brown or black skin or from um, you know, certain Middle Eastern countries. And the, the criteria of being a no-fly list is so vague that it could be an a lot of, so in the last five years, 1.5 million people were nominated to the no-fly list. And this was based on being looking suspicious, coming from a country that uh, the United States not, might not be friendly towards, um, solely based on no due process whatsoever. And 99% of those nominations were accepted. So that means that it's just a mass blanket uh, you know, criminalization of people. Um, and you and what really upset me though was that John Lewis is you know a civil rights icon, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with you know not criminalizing people of color. And John Lewis himself was on a no-fly list, as well as Ted Kennedy um, and Cat uh, Stevens, who was a now converted to Islam and is a very famous uh, musician now. But you have these cases that you know. Sh- truly prove that a no-fly list and gun rights have almost no correlation. But more importantly, these people who are on the no-fly list, minorities, people of color, are the ones I think actually needs gu- guns in, in terms of protection. Mm-hmm. And uh, young, when I was younger and, and a little bit more naive, I was actually a huge gun rights activist. Not in the sense Last of, week. I mean, I think activist is probably a loose term, but it was more sense, uh, more into the sense of that minorities should have the ability to protect themselves. Because minorities all across the world 
child um, are the ones who are actually persecuted. And, the, and we're seeing it's mostly white male shooters that are, you know, obtaining no, guns yeah. and killing them. So, you know, that's just I think what this no fly list really proves and the message they're sending is that, you know, when it comes to Muslim Americans and people of color, Democrats or Republicans aren't really out there to protect you. It's about pol- political theatrics, right? It's them pushing, pushing Bush-era policies into the liberal doctrine. Uh, and to me, if that is what the Democratic Party really right now um, resembles. Right, but, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that Omar Martin, which was the shooter at the Pulse nightclub, um, was formerly on the no-fly list zone. That's because he was investigated at least two times by federal agents because of things he had said, threats that he had made against shooting innocent people. But it could be argued that if he would have never been taken off the no-fly list and we did have this bill in place, he would not have been able to buy these guns legally. Now, I'm not that doesn't go to say that he could he would not have been able to buy them illegally but it wouldn't have been that easy and I don't think that he could have just should have went to you know to that gun shop in Florida and and brought it so you know that's I think like that that's pretty much like the sentiment here um, and a lot of people like they feel like that they're like we need more protection we need more protection but the bill that the the Democrats are pushing is a garbage bill Mm -hmm. and they know it's not going to have a big enough impact it's not you know what would make sense people who are um, having convicted of domestic abuse they yeah, shouldn't that, that pass should, a bill yeah. like that. If you want to pass yeah, something that's not going to be super expansive but will actually do something, that's a bill. You know what Omar Mateen was? Someone who beat his wife up. Exactly. Yeah. That, exactly. that bill has more power. The, the Democratic Party, all they were trying to do was get some points off of the Republican Party, and they did an amazing job at it. And I was I, at first, I was super into it as well. And then I read about the bill, and I was like, oh, this is a stupid bill. This is not actually going to accomplish anything. And I'm kind of offended that John Lewis... When he was being interviewed, he said, I felt like my whole life was happening in front of me. No, John Lewis, because Flint, Michigan, 806 days ago was when they found out that they were having a water crisis. And the Democrats did not sit in when Ted Cruz refused to go say yes on funding to help them get a new water system. How many times have we had situations where... Democrats kept taking a stand for real legislation, and they did not. This is not even like, something where, where I've had impact today. Where were they when the drone policy, when Rand Paul, Republican, a Republican that was filibustering on drones, killing innocent American citizens, where were you? Where yeah. were the Democrats besides well, Ron Wyden? Why, where were they? Well, what do or, you? What do we want Democrats to do? We see the opposition. You, they can't. Yeah, but they can't get anything done. And I feel like but, yes, the bill wasn't. For, it wasn't. It would not have met all of our credentials and standards. But if they would have made a bill that would have been a little more forceful. Well, then, I mean, there'd have been, but been the Repub- even less chances the it would have been passed. The Republicans were never going to pass anything. This is always to make them look bad. And yeah. when you're in a situation Theatrics. like that, when you know it's not going to happen, why not go all out? The reason being is because the Democratic Party is not necessarily progressive. And as much as I've criticized Bernie They're supporters, yeah. as much as I've criticized Bernie supporters, I totally get why they're upset. Because when you say you're for the left, you're for people of color, you're for women, you're for LGBTQ rights, and then you go out there and you put a tic-tac-toe piece of legislation over there and you sit in making $100,000 a year year and then make it seem like you're having a hard life because of that that's a slap in the face to people who have been victims of gun life of gun violence that's a slap in the face to women who have been abused and then followed and chased by husbands or spouses or friends who hit them and now had access to guns that's a slap in the face to all the people who have died so i'm not giving democrats any cool points for this as a matter of fact you lost a lot of respect for me and actually it puts the republicans in a position where they're actually saying wait no we should have due process for minorities which to me is a total you know mind-blown situation yeah. uh, and also goes to show how institutionalized islamophobia is right that's and i cool. question you know we talk about Omar Mateen, the whole no-fly list was because he was apparently had terrorism tendencies, which kind of shows the Islamophobia in 
the way we, um, you know, report the news and the way that the politicians soak it up. But we kind of, you know, talk about, yeah, that's true. By the way, he um, actually abused his wife and then go back to terrorism thing. Like, yeah. well, let's talk about domestic so, violence here. Oh, right? yeah. Like, there's no, you know, and the thing is, though, when it comes down to it, is that uh, institutional Islamophobia is so real to the point where a lot of Americans are desensitized by it, right? If it was any, I would argue, if it was any other marginalized community that were impacted by no-fly lists, if they weren't Muslim, mm-hmm. people would be upset about it. But in a way, a lot of, uh, partly because a lot of Americans don't know Muslims, but on the other hand, they don't really get a lot of sympathy based on the media coverage that we get. We're, yeah. we're seen uh, as people with terrorist ten- uh, tendencies that, you know, this you know, discrimination against has just a, a, an expectation. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, where, but the thing that really pisses me off is like, where were, Republic, uh, where were Democrats when Republicans were filibustering government surveillance? Where were they for drone filibusters? Where were they in the Flint water crisis? Yeah. Where were they when it comes to Planned Parenthood? They weren't anywhere. Yeah. This is political theatrics. And to me, that's just really disheartening um, as a minority and as someone who identifies um, towards as a liberal. So, And like, let's be very clear about this. This current Democratic establishment will fall. It, it, it definitely will fall. There's only so long they can continue with this kind of co- cookie cutter bull crap right before they get pushed aside but we shouldn't give them props for this garbage right here um, guys if you're just tuning in or you want and you want to chime into this conversation the number is 212-650-6903 um no it's all good you can tweet us at be heard underscore under- radio um, Tina hates it when I do that. That's why I always try to jump into I, her. You're tweet. a troll. Um, and so we're talking about, you know, some of the our favorite news stories and some of our not so favorite news stories. And I know Sarah on break was talking to me about a, a very disheartening news story that happened in Texas not too long ago. Yeah, so it's really crazy, but it's about, you know, kind of going on the guns. But I'm actually reading an article from BuzzFeed right now that says a police killed uh, a Texas mom after she shot her daughter's dead in the, sh- in the street. Mm. Um, so a mother of Philly shot her two daughters on a public street near Houston, Texas on Friday before she was shot dead by the police. Um, at around 5 p.m. local time, officers began receiving 911 calls from about shots being fired uh, in a city west of Houston. And so this mom, who's actually a devout Christian and very vocal in terms of gun rights, um, shot her 17-year-old daughter and 22-year-old daughter, but there's no explanation as to why she did it. Wow. But what I find really fishy and interesting is that this is in the middle of the street right in front of their house and their father was in the house the entire time and did you not know what was going on like and apparently he got instead of police questioning him uh, immediately they took him to the hospital because he was so distraught uh, he was, was i'm sorry was he white yeah of course well, maybe he was <laughs> like no well let's hold on guys you know i'm the first one to jump on the white people are crazy bandwagon but maybe he was asleep maybe he didn't know what was going on you could be in your I house mean, and gunshots are pretty loud Stanley. yeah, yeah. but like it's texas and uh, no, seriously, what, and people what does that mean? people literally make gun raises in, in their backyard out there, so it's it's not out of the so question. So he, he slept through some gunshots. No, it could have been he was just thinking somebody's hunting, or like they're just like shooting pea shots. Like I don't know. It's, I mean, it's like in the suburbs, but like what I find interesting is that like. Uh, so the woman who shot her daughters is Christy Sheets, and apparently she would always boast about her daughters on Facebook, like, you know, happy yes, daughter's day to my two amazing, sweet, kind, beautiful, intelligent girls. Um, and then, like, she also posted messages in support of the Second Amendment, like, saying it would be horribly tragic if my ability to protect myself or my family were to be taken away. But that's exactly what Democrats are determined to do by banning semi-automatic handguns. Wow. Yet <laughs> she killed her two dollar- daughters after saying that she's she wants guns to protect her family. And then shot um, her family. That yeah. is very ironic, to say yeah. the least. I mean, I, I don't know. That it's pretty baffling. All I have is bad things to say, so I'm just gonna. No, say No, I mean, you <laughs> can share at least one. Nah, mm, no. What? Listen, 
I'm I'm just gonna stay quiet. I'll, I'll, let's keep it at that. I'm I'm not gonna say what I want to say. I'll tell you guys off air. If you guys want to find out, you can go on my Twitter where I won't be saying it there either. What? And, <laughs> and Mike lawyers, listen, it's not Sarah, so don't sue her. Okay. Oh, no, well, stop. You're making me scared now. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. I'm Speaking of detriment okay. in Texas, mm-hmm. um, I know we did a whole show last year about that little 14 year old black girl who was in a bikini when she was wrestled down by that. Oh, when a cop, cop? slammed her and put out a gun on those two kids. Yeah, on the black teenagers. Right. He was basically. So there were two white women, adults, who were fighting at a pool party. So then when the cops showed up, um, of course, they pulled out this gun on the black teens that were there and then body slammed this young little girl in a bikini. So as it turns out, a grand jury in Texas decided not to indict that former cop um, that stormed the pool party. He did resign, I will say that, shortly after it. Yeah, but so again, he can keep his retirement in 401k. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's just no justice. It's just no justice. I mean... Which is really interesting because the New York, uh, the NYPD actually suspended a Muslim man without pay who was an officer because he wouldn't shave his beard. Apparently, wow. the NYPD has a weird, like, one, I- like, half an inch or one millimeter beard policy. But what is even more interesting is that I think the officer's name is Masood Syed. That guy, um, the officer, actually in 2009 broke a uh, panhandler's cheekbone. Mm. Oh, I was going to mention. Go yeah, ahead. and didn't even get suspended for it. And the uh, NYPD paid, like, I think, around a $200,000 settlement. So, you know, the NYPD is clearly sending a message that if you're not, um, you know, if, if you're not broken anyone's cheekbone but grow your beard, you're going to get suspended. Wow. So, I mean. Broke a man's cheapo, that's okay. Speaking of NYPD, they've been getting into a lot of trouble. So three yeah. more cops have resigned. There's been two officers who have committed suicide because there's been an ethics investigation going on with a lot of people involved, including one of the people, one of the biggest donors for Bill de Blasio's campaign. So the NYPD is in a lot of trouble. And before we close out the news roundup, guys, I want to I want to let you guys know what's going on in Oakland, California. So in Oakland, California, there was a cop who 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 killed his wife, right? And here's the story. He killed his wife. He got some other cops to help him hide the evidence. I guess the guilt got to be too much for him. So he killed himself and left a suicide note in which he admitted that he and other cops have been sleeping with an underage sex worker. So they were doing some investigations when it, looking into this. And they found out that not only were there like cops sleeping with the underage sex worker, it was high level officers and the chief may have known about it. The chief's wife tweeted about it, saying that she knew the sex worker, so that chief had to resign. A new chief comes in, and he says he's going to change things, but then someone said that this new chief might also be affiliated with this sex worker, so then he had to resign. So they brought in a new chief, and they said that this new chief actually had sex with the sex worker when she became legal, oh and then now he had to resign. So now Oakland, California is without a chief of police, and by the way, that sex worker might actually be, actually be the daughter of someone who works for the Oakland police. But I mean, I mean, there are a lot of good cops across our nation, but it's stories like this. It's stories like the corruption going on within the NYPD. Uh, these are the stories that just put such a negative tone on and on um, when, on when it comes to police officers. And this is what creates that distrust, especially when it comes to like communities of color and police officers. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what to say about that either. Yeah, well, guys, we got to go on a break, but that's what's happening in the world today. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We'll be right back with some immigration stuff. Look at my Dale. Dale. Look at my Dale. Dale.